This is the Lakin Chronicles Road to Recovery podcast with addiction recovery specialist, Dr. Greg Lakin. Real people, real stories, real addiction, and real recovery journeys. The Road to Recovery starts now. Wonderful. Hey, Lakin Chronicles back. I have a special guest here. Actually, two guests, Austin and Ashley, both here to tell their story. One thing we've found out, and I'm very thankful you guys have come and and tell us your story about what you've been through with addiction and what it's like to be married to somebody that has actually had to deal with addiction. And and so I appreciate that as well. But yeah, people that are out there, they say we touch maybe 20% of the people that really need help or 20% of people that really need some to get in some type of program. And so it's way more powerful to hear a good success story than it is to hear some doctor drone on about, you know, the neurobiology of addiction. But uh, yeah, thank you both so much for coming. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And then, so Austin, really start with your story about when the addiction first started and how it progressed. Well, um, I started using uh, opiates whenever I was about probably 16, and it was first lower tabs, you know, doctor prescribed for a shoulder injury, and uh, started taking them then, and then, you know, uh, I found out they did something else. So we started partying with them, you know, and yeah. and then it just got snowballed and started using more. And then it, you know, the more lower tabs it was, you know, uh, you had to step it up and use higher doses of everything. And, and then from there, it just got worse and worse and worse for probably about 15 years. Right. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how quick it gets away from you? It started off... You know, with, with an injury, and, and then um, I, I guess you liked the effect and, and went more recreational. Yeah. But build a tolerant, tolerance up fast and just needed more and more. Yeah. And so then what happened? Well, uh, you know, I was to the point where I was spending, you know, three to $500 a day. Um, I'm a barber, so I cut hair. Mm-hmm. So pretty much everything I was making for that day, I would spend on pills just so I could work the next day you right. know and uh you know we finally ended up getting tired of that and my wife ended up getting tired of that so we decided to go on methadone and with the methadone it was it was really good at first but i found myself just being addicted to that you know and and it was still to the point where i could use more of it also Mm-hmm. And still get the effects that I was getting with the pills. Well, then uh, and I got, effects being kind of euphoric, kind mm-hmm. of yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but with the with the methadone, it kind of introduced me to Suboxone. Whenever I was ready, um, you know, I didn't want the high effect anymore, but I didn't want to go through the withdrawals. I tried that myself, you know, quitting on my own, and that didn't work. Um, it didn't work because it was brutal. Everybody yeah. says it's absolutely brutal. It is. It is. And I don't know if it's the pain more or the anxiety and the stress of it um, kind of just messes with your head. And, you know, you have that urge of wanting it and needing it. It's more of a you feel like you need it, you know. Right. So, but the Suboxone, it, it takes that away. And, and then, you know, you get to a point to where you can taper off of it whenever you're ready. Yeah. And did you notice how your brain changes? I mean... You know, when you're just doing pills, Lord Tab, Percocet, Oxycontin, whatever it was, and I don't know, when you were at your worst, you said three or $400 worth, right? Yeah. I mean, that's your entire day spent just feeding a habit, but then also on the hunt 
Yeah. I assume because there's a huge amount of anxiety. You start getting fight or flight. You know, your brain's doing this, and you get in. If everything's a crisis, everything's urgent. Everything feels like it's going to be life threatening, or it feels like it's life threatening, even though logically, you know, it's not. The part of your brain that's running the show thinks it is. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. And then, Ashley, tell me your story. Um. Well, I met Austin when we were in high school, and. Um, I guess he used then, and then um, we started having kids, and we moved here, and like he said, it was a little out of control. So um, he started using methadone, like he said, and that was okay for a while, but he would like, it would make him tired, and so he wasn't, he didn't want to work, really. Right. He mm -hmm. would just be like, like falling asleep all the time, and he would just want to come home and sleep. He didn't want to work or do anything like that. And we have four kids, so that doesn't work. And so um, then he started coming here, and it's been a lot better. Oh, good deal. Um, Suboxone. Yeah. Well, and your kids are how old? 11, 9, 6, and 4. God bless you both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, did you notice, for example, so, I mean, the benefit of both methadone and Suboxone are the real long half-life. So it kind of helps stabilize your mood from doing this all day. You probably noticed all kinds of mood changes, and he's and the anxiety is is amped up um, when when you're on doing the roller coaster ride of of, of especially short acting opioids. You know, they're you feel good, you feel bad, your mood's up, your mood's down, and then the, being on the hunt all the time, the fear of running out, the fear. Of, but the methadone stabilizes your mood at least some, and then like you said, you maybe went up too high, so yeah. although that's calming, it can be sedating when you go up too high too, and then we titrated you down, or you obviously titrated down, where, and then we switch over to Suboxone or buprenorphine, yeah. you know, which is, is good for mild to moderate tolerances, not real high tolerances, so you probably were smart to start on methadone because it will control higher tolerances, titrate down, switch over to buprenorphine, and then did you notice that the long half-life, you, your brain starts to shift back? Did you yeah. notice the anxiety goes down? Yeah. Yeah. I noticed a, a lot of difference with with whenever I switched over to the methadone and the suboxone. You know, with methadone, you know, it I, I could take some and not feel bad for three days, two, three days, you know, and then mm -hmm. with the suboxone, I haven't had to go that long without it, but um, I, I want to say the longest I went was two days, and and I was fine, you know. Well, and, and they actually show they have spec scans and stuff like that, where they actually show that the primitive limbic fight or flight portion of your brain is way overactivated when when we're doing the, yeah. the chase, and and you know, and and you don't feel like you're in control. You 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 know, your whole day is spent. Um, worrying about where you're going to get money, where you're going to get the drug, what happens if you run out, da, da, da. and then once you come here, dose once a day at first, and then you have take-homes, the frontal logic portion of your brain starts to kick back in, and you start to feel like you're back in control, and you start to make good conscious decisions again. Instead of being one voice against a hundred, it starts to switch the other way around. So you probably notice changes um, when he became stable on buprenorphine or even methadone before that, but noticed 
the anxiety wasn't there, the crisis mode wasn't always there. Do you notice that? Yeah, probably. I think more on the Suboxone. I think the methadone mm -hmm. was a little bit of a roller coaster ride too, but right. I think the Suboxone's been a lot better. Well, I was using it like a... Yeah. I was using it like a drug, you know, because I wanted to get high still, you right. know, and I think that was my issue with methadone was, you know, I was kept going up as high as I could, you know, and mm -hmm. taking as many as I could just so I could get that effect, you know. And, right. Yeah, but that's not unusual for, you know, addictive behavior people to, they want, they want that, they want that effect. And, uh, and also, I mean, if there is an underlying anxiety component, then oftentimes it's used to calm them down. So they want to get more to actually calm their nerves down. It's not just about stopping cravings and withdrawals, but it, it calming. So then we actually started you on SSRI as well, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. and so and so that that may be actually. I often say that the addiction may be the headline, but the real story may be an underlying anxiety component, or underlying depression, or underlying bipolar, whatever it is. But if we don't get control over that as well, then the chance of relapse is always high. So just generic SSRI it took a while to kick in. Yep. But, but what, what is that like? Have you noticed a difference on that? Yeah, so the first day I took the whole pill mm -hmm. and uh, I took it in the morning and it kind of made me a little tired, mm -hmm. but I could tell the effect of it, you know? So I went down to a quarter and I started taking it at night and it's been doing great. You know, it takes the edge off of everything, you know? And mm -hmm. You can definitely tell he has bad anxiety. He just worries about everything all day. I mean, from the morning when he gets up, it's just all this stuff, and I'm just like, calm down. <laughs> like, right. why are you even worrying about this? And he hasn't been as bad like that lately, so. And, you know, we, we see a whole lot of type A's in here, and, and if, if, if their energy is channeled correctly, they are rocking and rolling. They'll yeah. do, yeah. do the work of two or three people, but, but they can also spin off the tracks easier. And, and yeah. sometimes, you know, like you said, if, if, if you have an anxiety component and you don't, have a lot of life experience you'll just notice that hey pills make me feel more normal or you know for, for a moment in time and then of course you yeah. have rebound anxiety or whatever so we see a lot of people get addicted to opioids or benzodiazepines or alcohol it calms them down makes them feel more socially uh, able to integrate makes them feel more talkative does all these things but then when it wears off it's just rebound it's even worse than it was before and so that again starts that roller coaster ride so um, but your energy, I mean, you do 150% of whatever you do, good, yeah. or, good or bad. I mean, yeah. is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to your credit, I mean, you, um, yeah. Tell, tell me, was there a sentinel event or something where you just said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get off pills. I'm going to get off. I mean, was there something that, when did you make up your mind? It was time for treatment. Um, well, I, uh, I went to jail a couple times. We lost everything. Lost everything. everything. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, we lost everything, and everything. then I went to jail. Yeah. And Just because of spending all kinds of money. Yeah. Yep. You, so you were doing stuff you normally wouldn't do, but for the addiction. Yep. Like the type of behaviors are like what? Like, yeah. Why'd you go to jail? Um, I went to jail because I was buying pills and selling them, you know, to be able to support my habit. And, yeah. and I ended up getting pulled over. And no license. With no license. And, uh, you know, whenever you're out there on the chase and, and doing all that, you're not worried about paying a seatbelt ticket. And that's what it started from, with a seatbelt ticket right. I didn't pay. Yeah. Suspended my license, got pulled over. You know, um, the first time they gave me a ticket for 
suspended license and then after that you know it was just a snowball effect of that and uh the next time i got pulled over i got pulled over with uh morphine 60s and uh i had quite a few of them went to jail for a little bit went to rehab no you went to jail and got out went to jail and got yeah went back and yeah. ended up in rehab and then ended up leaving that rehab and it was an inpatient rehab uh -huh, yeah. and ended up in one in newton yeah that was awesome McPherson, was it? Newton. Newton. Oh, was it Newton? Uh, yeah. Oh, Prairie, Prairie View. What was it called? It wasn't no. Prairie View, no. It's just for, it was just for men, right? No, they had men and women. Um, I don't know. Mirrors. Mirrors. Oh, got it. Okay. Mirrors. Yeah. Um, and they were really awesome. He did really good. I mean, it changed his life. That inpatient, yeah. 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 And so he did his full, what did you do? 30 days? Maybe more than 30 days? He came home right before Thanksgiving. I was pregnant with our fourth child, and... It was due in December, and he came home like a day before Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. and um, got his job back, and we moved in with my dad, and he got his job back, and this was six years ago. No, this was four years ago when I came. Yeah, four years ago, <laughs> and then um, yeah, after that, you know, I I knew that I still had the addiction one there, you know. Right. Yeah. So that was whenever I came and got on uh, the Suboxone stuff, and. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's, that's been, Oh, you've been clean for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Been clean for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, uh, worked my way up back, back up, mm -hmm. uh, as a barber yeah. and been doing really good. Uh, my wife, she does real estate. We do bail bonds. Um, you know, just in the last four years, we went from nothing to, you know, Rock twice, yeah, yeah, twice as good as we had it before. We bought our own house. We yeah, brand new cars. And yeah, and awesome. yeah, and I, I couldn't have done that without being on Suboxone, because you know, uh, even she asked me sometimes, you know, whenever you gonna, when are you gonna get off, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't want to because I still have that. I, I'm afraid, mm -hmm. you know. I, I titrate, you know, from three to two. You know, and I, I'm staying on that too because I can take one in the morning, one in the evening, and uh, it keeps me calm and not needed. You know, I don't, I don't need. Yeah. You know, and so I'm afraid that if I get off of it, I won't. You know, if one day if I have a bad day or something, you right? Know, oh, I can take some lower tabs and it'll be fine. I don't want to do that. No, I mean, and that's part of the deal. Is is when Suboxone first came out, they thought, oh, it's non addictive at all. But, but, you know, they've since found out it is harder to get off as well. But by the same token, it's got that long, long half-life. And so they say, and they show with these brain scan images, that sometimes it takes three to five years for your brain actually to turn completely back to normal, where that crazy limbic fight-or-flight portion completely calms down, and you've re-engaged higher-level thinking, frontal logic. So, you know, I mean, when we talk about that, people literally, I mean, maybe you're not as aware of it, but you know, feeling back in control again, higher level thinking, like thinking about the future, thinking about back going back to school, learning to have good relationships again, all that stuff takes a little while to, to, to re-engage, but it, but it does. So, um, I don't know that, um, they figured out when is the right time to come off or go down, but it's your journey. And so you have to, you have to be patient and be cautious with it just so especially if you've relapsed before just yeah i understand your anxiety with 
with coming off too fast. But by the same token, the fact that we've treated an anxiety component with a controller medicine, like an SSRI that stops you from getting anxious in the first place, um, that's huge too. That's probably the most important part of the whole thing. Because yeah, I know that people that try to get off too fast, if we don't get control of the anxiety or, or any other underlying mood disorder, their chance of relapse is high. Next time they go into a stress state, bam, they, you know. And the, and the deal with addiction is it's linked to the hypothalamus, so it's linked to strong emotion, you know. So when they say the strong emotional part of your brain, the hypothalamus never forgets. So you'll notice that triggers are still there. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, now you're back. Well, Ashley, awesome. So you stuck with him through this whole thing. No, and, 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 and amazing. I'm sure he pushed the limits a few times, but oh, yeah. it was worth it in the end. Yeah. And you got four awesome kids. You're doing great at your job. You guys are doing well with managing money. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to have your own shop here. Yeah. Very good. And uh, any other tricks of the trade that you both noticed that will help people with treatment or engaging and being successful? Patience is a lot of it. You know, uh, which is hard in the beginning, isn't it? It is. It is. You, you know, you expect that pill, whether it's for treatment or whatever, you want it to work right away. Yeah. Yeah. Patience is hard. Patience is hard. Yeah. yeah. And just you know, getting on something to kind of stabilize. And patience for you as well. Yeah. Knowing that it's worth it in the end, because a lot of relationships don't survive. Oh yeah. But, and you had lots of motivation with the kids and everything. Yep. Yeah. Well, wonderful. I, I appreciate you guys. I know that it's it's scary just coming on, telling your story, but by the same token, I mean, our hope is um, that you will help somebody else, and I have no doubt that you will. Both of your stories are not unique, um, but uh, it's worth it in the end, and yes. I appreciate your honesty about the patience because quick fixes usually never work. They don't. So They don't. And uh, So thank you both for coming on. Thank yeah. You both. No problem. Austin Ashley. Thank you. Dr. Lakin is a board-certified family medicine doctor with an emphasis in addiction medicine and over 25 years of experience. For addiction recovery services in the Wichita area, please visit www.centerforchangeks.com or visit samhsa.gov for a national directory of resources and recovery centers in your area. You can also find these links in the podcast description. Thank you for listening to the Lakin Chronicles Road to Recovery podcast. And remember, you've got this.